Masachis Shabbos, Daf Peches, the Gemara described the event of Matan Torah. All the way since the beginning, meaning the few days before Matan Torah, when Israel arrived in Har Sinai, the Psukim already described what happened, Rosh Chodesh arrived in Har Sinai, and then after that, every day, Moshe prepared them for Matan Torah. Every day with a different preparation, different things that he told them to do, and so on. Uh, based on the description in the Psukim, of what happened every day, the Gemara then discusses, well, it turns out then that the Torah was given either on Vav Sivan or on Zayin Sivan, and this is a machlekes between Rabbi Yossi and Chachamim. There's a page and a half of discussion in, in which each one is bringing a proof. There is, there were, it comes down at the end to one point. There were two things as a preparation for Matan Torah. One that we all know that we call the Shloisha Semeh Hagbalom. Shloisha Semeh Hagbalom means the three days in which um, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu that they have, the Har Sinai has to be surrounded and uh, fenced so nobody could go on Har Sinai. Everybody agrees the Torah was given after the three days of Hagbalom. The only now, the bottom line of the Machlekes is, there is another three days involved over here in part of the preparation, and they are called the Prisha. Yemei Prisha. Those are the days in which Hashem tells Moshe. Is it good in, in that three days? So that is where the Machlekes is. Hashem tells Moshe for three days before Matan, Hashem tells Moshe, Sanctify the Bnei Yisrael today and tomorrow. They shall not, um, they, sh they should separate from their wives. So Moshe Rabbeinu goes to the Bnei Yisrael and he told them, get ready for three days. Separate from your wife, because on the third day, Hashem is going to reveal, yourself, to reveal himself in Har Sinai. So that is what we call the so are they the same as in terms of dates? So we all agree that after three days of Hagbala, the Torah was given. Okay. The machlekes between Rabbi Yossi and Chachamim is whether the Torah was given on the third day of Hagbala or after three days of Hagbala. Rabbi Yossi hold that there were three days of, uh, of Prisha, sorry. Rabbi Yossi hold that there were three days of Prisha, Yidden separated from their wives for three days, and after that came Matan Torah. So if he calculates from the day in which Hashem say, until Matan Torah, comes out according to him that the Torah was given on Zayin Sivan. Chachamim, on the other hand, say that the Torah was given on the third day of Prisha. Moshe told them, just like Hashem says, Today and tomorrow. And the third day is the day of Prisha in which Hashem revealed Himself. Not after three days of Prisha. And therefore it comes out that the Torah was given on Vav Sivan, on the sixth of Sivan. That is the gist of the Machlekes that goes on for a page and a half. And the Gemara argues with proofs back and forth. There's a certain element that Moshe added an extra day. But at the end, 
the Gemara will settle this, uh, this argument with one event. And this is the event that we are going to discuss today. It's actually um, a lecture. So the Gemara brings this lecture. This Galilean scholar made the drosha, gave a lecture in front of Rav Chizda. Translation is on top of Rav Chizda, Rashi explains, um, because Rav Chizda was actually sitting down and the darshan, the, the lecturer, was standing because that's the way it is. The one who gives the lecture stands. And um, it looks like as, he's, as if he's on top of him. That's why the wording says, you know, how Glilah, this Galilean, made the drasha in, on, on top of Rav Chizda. He made that lecture and Rav Chizda did not object, you know, obviously agreeing with him as well. And it goes like this. It's a riddle. Berich Rachamana, blesses Hashem, the Yaiv Uriant Lisoi, who has given the triple light, Le'amt Lisoi, to the triple nation, to the threefold nation. We are going to go back to it. Al-Yadei through the third one, Be'yoyim Tlisoi, on the third day, Be'yichot Lisoi, in the third month. Okay, let's go back. This third is what exactly? So we're going to look in Rashi. Okay, Brich Rachamana, the Yaiv, Uriant Lisoi. What is the Uriant Lisoi? The Torah is split into three. Simply put, Torah, Nevim, and Ksuvim. Le'am Tlisoi, to a nation that is split into three. How so? Rashi says, Ke'anim Leviim v'Yisraelim. Al-Yedei Tlisoi, through the third person. Who is the third? Who gave us the Torah? Moshe Rabbeinu. How is it the third? Rashi says, Tlisoi Lebeten, Miriam, Aaron, Moshe. It was the third child in his family. It was Miriam was the oldest. Then comes Aaron. Then Moshe is the third one. Be'yoyim Tlisoi, in the third day, on the third day, Rashi tells us, Liprisha, the third day of Prisha, not after three days of Prisha, but on the third day of Prisha. Be'yachot Tlisoi, on the third month, which is Nisan Sivan, the third month. The Gemara concludes, Keman, how this lecture, who this lecture follows, Kerabanon, like the opinion of the Chachamim, because the Chachamim are saying that the Torah was given on the third day of Prisha, Rabbi Yossi, who said that the, the Torah was given after three days of Prisha, this lecture in front of Afchisda settled, that indeed the Torah was given on the third day of Prisha, which is Vav Sivan. This is the end of the lecture. This is the end of the event, of the discussion that took place. It was a very nice riddle. The only thing is that it seems to be a very big stretch. What was the point of this Galilean, this Glilai who made the drosha in front of Rav Chizda? His point obviously was to connect the Torah to the number three. That every factor surrounding Matan Torah is all connected to number three. And he's going at great, great length, and I would say a tremendous stretch to, to make this point. Because every one of these factors actually could have been 
another number. Okay, Orientally so, he's connecting the Torah with number three. I mean, I could connect the Torah with so many other numbers. One Torah, but Shivim Panim Latorah, 70 facets, uh, you know, of the Torah. You could also go into Chamisha Chumshet Torah, five. You could go into Chavdalet Sifret Tanach. There's so many other numbers. Okay, fine, we pick the three. Then Le'am Klisoi, once again, I could start number one, you know, Goy Echot Ba'aretz, we are one nation. Or maybe commonly when we're speaking about the Jews, we split them into 12. You know, the 12 Shvatim. Here you go, Kohen Levi Yisrael. Okay. Um, is the third child. Nowadays it's Sephard, Ashkenaz, Yes. Chassidish, Litvish, whatever you want to call it. So many different splits you could give. So then you have, then you have the... Um, Ali Deitli Sai through Moshe. The th- Moshe is connected to number three because he's the third third child in his family. That, that's okay. That's interesting. Um, a page before that, the toy, Moshe Rabbeinu was connected to number twenty six because it says that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was the twenty sixth generation since Adam Arishai. Uh, there is ten doiras from Adam to Noach, ten doiras from Noach to Avram, and then you have you know Avram Yitzchok Yaakov, Levi. Kehas uh, and Amram, I mean, uh, and Moshe is a twenty-six. So, well, that's but that's if you go even by the father, that's I go ten generation from Adam to Noach, from Noach to Avram, and then Avram to uh, to to Orf, from uh, Itzchak. I would say to Moshe is twenty-six generation. So the Gemara itself gives a different number, a bit before, a page before that. When it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, and I'm sure we could come up with a bunch of different numbers as well. Beyichot lisoi, beyom lisoi. You could say the third day of Prisha. Okay, it could have been. It could have been the sixth day of the month. It could have been the seventh day of the week because the Torah was given on a Shabbos. And it could have been all kinds. It could have been the, actually the 50th day after Yitzhak Mitzrayim because we, you know, we counted Sphira because it was like, oh, after 50 days, we're going to get the Torah. And, uh, you know, so many other numbers. And then he's, I understand, he's trying to make a point to connect the Torah to the number three. So he's going out of his way to find a connection with the number three. But then, is it really a stretch? I'll give you a marshal that I've given before. There was once the Rebbe Rashab was traveling and he was in his chariot, uh, in his uh, wagon, uh, traveling through the forest. He gets to a certain spot in the forest where he sees a number of arrows in the target, like in the bullseye, in the target, smack in the middle. And he tells to the driver, he says, this, this, uh, Archer is very talented. I got to see who's doing this. Who's able to throw every arrow in the bullseye on the target? I got to see who it is. So he says, follow. I, obviously, there is some kind of a path over here. You know, we could follow the, the, the thread, the, the lead of, the, of this trail um, of the arrows. And he gets to a spot, he stops. He sees there is a man, a young guy, takes out an arrow and shoots it at a tree, says, I got my guy. He shoots it at a tree, and then he goes with paint, and he draws circles around the arrow. And obviously, this guy was a real man, right? That's the best way to win. The only thing is that 
first you shoot and then you put the target. You didn't really hit any target. So the Rebbe Rashab said, from everything that we see, we have to learn in Avedes Hashem. So he says, sometime when we learn Torah and we give Mesholim or we give Gematrias or Rashetavis, we start from the end. We say, let me shoot the arrow and then make the target. Let me look for a word that has the same gematria as uh, whatever, Google. Okay, so, so I'm going to look for a word and I'm going to say, ah, I found a word that's in gematria that must be related. Rebashab said that's not the way it works. Sometimes two inyanim are inherently connected and that inherent connection may reveal itself as well in the fact that they have the same gematria. But if you start by first saying, let me find something towards the Tavsan Gematria, ah, let me find the Shaykhis, that's exactly like this guy who was throwing the arrow, and then making the circles. At first glance, especially after my oil introduction, showing you that you could connect every one of these factors to another number, it seems that this Galilean was the guy with the arrow shooting at the tree and then making the target. It sounds like it, because every number three was a stretch. But really, we can't say that, because the Gemara is recording it. This man, even though his name wasn't given, but this man was definitely one of those tzaddikim who was, whose opinion was mentioned in the Gemara. And in, in front of Rav Chizda, and he didn't object. It's been approved, it's been included, into the Gemara, you could be sure that not every discussion that took place in any Besmedrash, in every Besmedrash of the Tanaim Amoraim is mentioned in the Gemara. Only what makes sense is mentioned. So over here, we must say that, yeah, the Torah is inherently connected to the number three, Be'etzem. And being that it is connected to the number three, Be'etzem, comes this Galilean and connects every factor of Matan Torah, every aspect, with the number three. So what is the Shaykhis? How is Torah connected to number three? The Rebbe explains that number three actually projects unity. The Rebbe explains that. Number three is, is unity. Why? When you have one, there is only one. Achdut. When you have one, it's only one. Okay, so there is no opposition. You cannot talk about uh, about achdus. You cannot talk about unity. There is only one. When you have two, the very fact that we're calling it two, and they didn't unify into one being or one concept, it's because they're distinct and different. Two. What is three is when you have two things that are indeed distinct and different. But there is a third element that comes and combines them. Now, yes, there remain two distinct things. And the third things make them coexist. If they were no longer distinct things, they would, they would be number one. If they would not be together, they would remain number two. Number three is here to symbolize that you have two things that are taken distinct and different, and yet they come together. That is Matan Torah. 
That is the Chiddush of Matan Torah. And that is why he's connecting the Torah with number three. Now the task will be to see how is number three connected to Matan Torah. Oh, how Achdus. So to explain the connection, how Torah is what unifies two things and therefore is connected to number three, we have to start with a general question. What is the Chiddush of Matan Torah? We know that the Yidden learned Torah before Matan Torah. Avram, Mitzchak, and Yaakov learned Torah. Yaakov went to the Yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever. They learned Torah. Yaakov Avinu went to Mitzrayim. What did he do? He sent Yehuda first to Goshen. Open up a Talmud Torah. The Yidden learned Torah. Kiyuma Mitzvahs. We knew that they did mitzvahs, even mitzvahs the Rabbanon. The difference is that when the others did mitzvahs, they did it in a way in which, or even when they learned Torah, it was in a way in which there was a separation between Gashmis and Ruchnis. Whatever was Gashmi remained Gashmi, even if it has been used and involved for a godly purpose, for a spiritual purpose. It, it remained physical. Spirituality remained abstract and did not necessarily permeate the Gashmi Yisraelom physical world. Didn't elevate it either. There was a certain kind of presence that was there and, and just, you know, dissipated after. The example that is gi given in Divre Chazalis. The mitzvahs that the Avais did are comparable to an aroma, to a smell. However, the mitzvahs that we do now is like the essential oil itself. So here, let's see. The mashal, of course, must have something, you know, uh, very, very significant. Mitzvah Zavis did is comparable to an aroma to a smell. A smell is never the essence of the thing. It's only an emanation that comes out of the thing. And what happens if there is a, a rotten orange in this room? It smells. Now, if I take the rotten orange out of the room, it still smells. Because, oh, I took out the essence. I know. But the, 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 the smell was not the essence. The smell came out of the essence. And it lingers. It remains here. The good news is, or the bad news, is that it doesn't last forever. That smell is going to dissipate. Why? For the same reason. It's not the essence. It's just an emanation of it. So it can't last forever. That's the point. The mitzvahs that the Ovis did were not connected, connected with the Atmus of the Eibishter, because he did not give his Atmus yet. It was only a Prinas of Gilui. So therefore, those mitzvahs that the Ovis did, the spirituality did not take hold in the Gashmis itself. And the example that is brought in many Sikhs is that Yaakov Avinu, when he took the sticks and he peeled the bark, uh, in, into stripes of black and white and he put it in front of the sheep when they drank and then they gave birth to striped sheep. 
In fact, that's his way of putting on tefillin in a spiritual way because those sticks look like the arm of a man when he has the ritzuas wrapped around him. Now, our tefillin, Nifchaz Vesham, the Kampasul, those, even the ritzuas, I can't throw them out. Because once I have used that piece of leather, an animal skin, no value to it spiritually, but once I turned it into tefillin, into, a, into an, an object for a mitzvah, it has received kedusha. And that kedusha took hold of this leather and it lasts forever. It's no longer a smell. It's the essence itself that is taking hold of it. On the other hand, Yaakov Avinu, when he was done, he was able to throw out these sticks. And actually, in the very description of Matan Torah that is given in Pasha's Vaischanon, it says that the voice of Hashem was so strong that there was no echo. That's one of the Pirushim in the Pasuk. Some other Pirushim is that Lo Yasaf, he did not cease, he did not stop. Others says that Lo Yasaf, there was never again the same kind of Giloy. They're all true. The Giloy Lokuza took place at Matan Torah is such that never took place again. But also never ceased. It's still constant and ongoing. And at the same time, is the other meaning, there was no echo. What is an echo? An echo is a rebounding of a voice. So when you say you're in the chain of a mountain like the Sinai, and you're screaming with a strong voice, there should be a very strong echo. And yet it says the voice was so strong that there was no echo. How the no echo is testifying on the strength of the voice? is because the echo is a rebounding on the voice on the mountain. But imagine if the voice is so strong that instead of rebounding, it penetrates the mountain. doesn't bounce back. Okay, you throw a ball at the wall, um, the ball rebounds. But if you're really strong, and that ball is very hard, you throw it in, it, it makes a dent in the wall, it doesn't bounce back. The voice, not having an echo, is telling us that the voice of Hashem penetrated the fiber of Gashmi Sailam. It went into the very mountain. It went into the very world. Marshall brought, as I mentioned before, is and he brings a marshal that whatever is spiritual. Until Matan Torah remained spiritual. Whatever was material did not change in his Metzias. Remained material. Matan Torah was the moment in which Hashem made it possible for Elyoinim Yerdu Lemato Tachtoinim Yalu Lemailo. Whatever is godly and spiritual will come down and be drawn down into the world and thereby this world could be elevated to a higher level. That's why there was no echo. Hashem is the first one. Vayered Hashem al Sinai. Hashem came down on Al Sinai. Why did he need to come down? Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere. Right? If he's up, up. He's down, down already. Right? Right then, all around. Okay. All right. So, that means that if Hashem is everywhere, why do you need to go down? Targum says, Hashem revealed himself. 
So why is the Torah not telling us? Hashem revealed himself. And then go down. It's because in that imagery there is a sense that actually explained the whole purpose of Matan Torah. Hashem made it possible. He says, I'll be the first one. Godliness will come down in the earth and in Bugash Misailam. Matan Torah gave us that ability to elevate and sanctify anything that we encounter. Now here comes the number three and the peace. There seems to be a very clear um, conflict between spirituality and materialistic uh, endeavors. Obviously, you have a goof and a neshama, you have something gashmi, something ruchni, right? Your body and your soul don't have the same interest. And quite often, they have opposing interests. So therefore, we have the impression that whatever is physical and material is actually in conflict with whatever is spiritual and godly. Comes Matan Torah and tells you, here is the tool. Whatever Hashem has created is for the same purpose of bringing a locus to be revealed down here in a way of a dira betachtoinim, in a way that Hashem is revealed just like one person is freely revealed in his own home. How could you do that? You need the Torah. The Torah, which is Hashem's Chochmah, which is the Torah, which is Hashem's, Hashem's essence. Anoichi, the first word, I'm giving you my own self, my very essence. I'm writing it and giving it to you. Because that's what it takes to be able to transform Gashmi Sarilam. So the apparent conflict is there until we realize that we have the Torah, which is the number three, that comes and brings it all together. Just in passing, I'll say something very quickly, something that really would have, should have taken like a whole lecture on its own, but maybe another time. The Gemara says about Rav Yosef that on Shavuos he would take Iglot um, saw like a, the third-born calf, because that's the best meat. And he would make a great Suda on Shavuos. And he would say, If not for this day, that caused me to be elevated through the Torah, how many Yosef are there in the street? I'm going to leave the uh, in-depth explanation of this story for another time. But I just want to bring your attention to again the number three. The best calf is the one that is the third born. Is because it's connecting even his Suda Gashmis to the union of the Torah. And how does he say, what is so special about Matan Torah, if not for that day? How many Yosef are there in the Shuk, in the street, in the market? Meaning that the whole point of the Torah is to take the market and transform it into a holy place. Is to take a Yosef from the Shuk and turn it into a Rav Yosef. That means that this is the whole idea, the Matan Torah with this whole number three 
that has been uh, elaborated upon by Haugli Law is there to remind us that when it comes every year to Shavuos, it is a renew, renewed power that we are getting to be able to go on, go out and take on Oilamaze. Don't get intimidated by the, the mighty pursuit of Gashmias that there is out there. Because it's all there for you to transform it through practicing mitzvahs and learning Torah anywhere that you are and with everything that you come in contact with. Let it be a Kabbalah Torah, Besimcha, Ube Pnimiyas.